I think half of our crew is all out traveling all over the place right now. So welcome to summer, everybody. Um, I haven't met you all. I'm Jen, by the way. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Hi. I've met you. It's probably, yeah, you know. Brains are not what they used to be. <laughs> anyway, um, well, hello. Do we have announcements to make for this week? I know we have the women's studies happening tonight at 6. And so I know that Jill on the Facebook group kind of encouraged everyone, even if you didn't do your reading, <laughs> to come and join for uh, supper at 6 and then working on the study together. So it's at the Abrams house. And if you don't know how to get there, we'll let you know how. <laughs> um, so that's happening tonight. And if we're lucky, there might still be a bounce house for the ladies. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chase was enjoying it yesterday. I was. It was awesome. <laughs> you may wonder why a household of people with, you know, 18 and up has a bounce house. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do at a high school graduation party. So <laughs> it was a good time. Had by all. All right, so that's that. I don't, do you, Rachel, do you remember when the next if table is? I cannot remember the date. The 22nd? I thought that might be it. Do you remember, Haley, do you remember whose house it's at? It's at Jenny's. Okay. Thursday the 22nd at Jenny's, probably at 6, since that's usually when they start. And so if table is just a, a time for women to get together, to be able to eat with one another, and we have a couple deeper conversation questions that we go through and, it, and it's really helped us deepen our relationship with each other and get, get to know one another and one another better so um if you could let kim richie know if you're interested and kim's upstairs with the kids today so she'll be around after the service all right anybody else yes my Oh my goodness. And it can't be fixed. Um, uh, they, the doctors have only ever seen both of the breaks she has. They've only ever seen those in elderly people. Oh, wow. Um, so it just, it just goes to show that, you know, I, all the health problems she's had her whole life and then intentionally not taking good care of herself is, you know, she's, she's reaping the repercussions. We'll lift her up. Anyone else have other requests for today? It, is there, are you raising your hand? Hood. Wednesday man. Oh, okay. So you have your man. What are you calling your Wednesday man thing? Hmm. What is it? I don't know. The Dead Prophet Society. Is that what it was? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so chips, you got chips me and soda, it. basically. Chips and soda at 7.30, and then you have like your intentional discussion starting at 8. Okay. And that's here for the men. Yep. All right. Well, why don't we pray? God, thank you so much for gathering us all here today. We thank you for um, the way that you shape and uh, guide and direct our stories. And God, we thank you so much that 
even when we don't understand you or respond to your presence or even acknowledge your <coughs> presence, we know that you are with us. Lord, we lift up uh, Rose's niece and um, this difficult accident that she's experienced and uh, just upon a lot of other challenges that have gone on in her life. Um, Lord, we pray for miraculous healing, not just of her pelvis, but of her mind and her heart and all the other places that are hurting and broken. And God, I pray that your spirit would bring comfort and peace. And God, that she would know you. God, that she would receive that peace and that grace that you extend so willingly, no matter what. And Lord, we pray for our women's and our men's groups this week and for the rest of the month. God, I pray that you would continue to knit us together in relationship with one another. God, because we know that those relationships are what helps make our community of faith here strong. These are the places that we can reveal ourselves and our doubts and our sins and our difficulties. Places where we can learn and grow and be challenged. God, we thank you for the love that we receive in these communities within the community, God. Because they are precious places and they are indwelt with precious people. God, help us to be good brothers and sisters in Christ to one another. Um, God, as we would continue to lift one another up each day, God, that we would remember each other and encourage one another um, as we walk along the journey of life together. Lord, I pray for us as we begin this series and talking about our stories. God, help us to understand more deeply the work that you have made in our lives. God, I pray that your spirit would reveal to us things that maybe have been deeply buried. Lord, things that we've shoved into the closet and locked the door. Because sometimes those are the things that when they are revealed, they open up to us something new and something deeper. And a lot of times, those are the things that we need healed for and from. So God, I pray that the work that we begin today and we will continue over the next weeks, God, that it would be a good work and that your spirit would be in it and that nothing would be attacked in us, Lord, that it would be only truth and beauty and life that is found. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be holy and pleasing to you my God and my Savior. Amen. 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 All right. So, and so it begins. <laughs> um, so I decided to entitle our, our four-week series, The Greatest Story Ever Told, Yours. You know, we hear over and over again about the greatest story ever told, and a lot of times it's related to the story of Jesus, right? And I think that because of Christ's greatest story, then our story becomes the greatest story because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? That is the beautiful story because it's the story of God in and through us. So Chase, Chase is my slides helper today. 
So I think we have a problem when we look at our story because most of the time we kind of neglect it. We haven't really reflected well on our lives. Especially in our culture, we're kind of a day-to-day society, right? It's more about how are we going to push forward to the next big thing? How are we going to see ourselves in the future? Rather than being able to take the time to be still and to reflect and to look and see, well, what has my past been like? What have I learned from that? How has God shown up for me? How have I responded to God's work in my life? How have I not felt God's presence? You know, being able to sit and ask those questions is something that I think our society is pretty poor at doing. Um, Sometimes when we are looking at our stories, we really neglect to see that God has moved because we expect God to move in a certain way. We put God into this box saying that, okay, I only know that God's presence has been in my life if it looks like X. And that could be because of what maybe we learned as kids about what, what God does, or we have these unreasonable expectations about what God does in our life, or we forget that God's movement can be subtle. It doesn't have to be Moses in the burning bush. Right In those encounters with God, it doesn't have to be that big kind of spectacular event. Um, Sometimes we don't have people in our lives that help us to discern our own stories. We maybe haven't cultivated deeper relationships with others who can say to us, hey, that was a really important or tragic or exciting or beautiful event in your life. Let's talk about that a little bit more and kind of dig into stuff with you. And that can be a professional person like a therapist, or it can be just a friend who, who knows you really well and you trust. Sometimes we don't have those people. So that's kind of the place where we're starting in our stories. And so most of the time we just sort of kind of walk through our lives and don't really think about those things that happened in the past. But the truth is, is that we all have a beautiful story to tell. And it's because we are all loved creations of God. Every single one of us has, reflects God's character in some way. And we are all precious people in God's sight. And so our story and our life matters. We're not just here by happenstance. We're not just here doing our own thing, disconnected from one another. But we have a beautiful story to tell that connects with someone else. And there's power in our stories. Even if we disregard or discount things that have happened in our lives, I think we have something to offer and to share to another person that may be struggling with the same thing that you walked through five years ago, six months ago. And we can be encouragement and helpful to one another in that. So I'm going to run us through a few scriptures that kind of relate to us telling our story. I mean, this is a much more topical series today, so I'm not going to be sitting in a scripture and digging through it like I usually do. But I want to be able to give us a a biblical basis for the importance of our lives that we live. So let's go to the first one. So I see that our story must be shared. And so this is like this little snippet from a story in the book of Mark. It's Mark 5, 18 through 20. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. 
Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So clearly this guy has a pretty incredible story. He was a demon-possessed person, then Jesus had driven the demons out of him, and he was just wanting to follow Jesus. But Jesus, instead of saying, hey, come and be one of my disciples and follow me all around in my journey, in my ministry, your ministry is to go and tell what has been done for you. I think that's important. I mean, some of us are called to different things, but we should share the beauty of what God has done in our lives. This is a huge thing. We must share God's mercy and grace with other people. And if we're quiet about it, we're missing some of the joy, right? Some of the joy is in telling that story. And just as we get excited about different little things in our lives, and it can be as ridiculous as a new restaurant that we went to and really enjoyed it, and we tend to tell other people about it, for goodness sake, why aren't we telling people about the joy that God has brought us in our lives? That's a way bigger deal than the new restaurant down the street. Okay. So also, let's be an encouragement to fellow believers. So this is a little section from the letter to the Hebrews. And it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. So part of what happens with our stories is that we can encourage one another, that we can share how God has gotten us through tough times, right? So that we can, in a sense, also help each other get through tough times. Because we are walking in solidarity with each other. We're not separate people living separate lives that don't understand each other's circumstances. We have a lot of commonality that we can help encourage each other. So those difficult spaces in our lives, again, are often opportunities for us to experience a gift of ministry. So say, um, like Judy is going to tell her story in a couple weeks, and a lot of that is dealt with abuse and addiction that were in her life. But God has allowed her to be able to turn those very difficult things that have happened to her into opportunities for ministry with other people who have walked through abuse and are in addiction. And now that is beautiful. You know, what, what was meant for our harm, God uses for the good. And so that is the ultimate way of saying, Satan, you don't got nothing, right? <laughs> So, you know, it's like all these things that happen in our lives, you know, some of it we bring on to ourselves, some of the other people bring into our lives, right? But when we turn that over to God, it can be turned into something so much more beautiful and so much more redemptive. And we see that empty tomb happen all over again in our very own lives. Okay, let's go to the next one. So when we're sharing our stories, I think it's important for us to be prayerful and prepared when we share. So um, this uh, text from Colossians was actually kind of a, a key section one time on a mission trip that I went to with some friends in college. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. 
Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So we need to know our story, right? I mean, I think what the, um, Paul is saying to the Colossians in this letter is really know what you're talking about. Be prepared, be prayerful, be um, willing to, to dig in so that you know how to answer people when they ask you questions about the joy that you have in Christ, right? Because I'm not talking about having a five-point evangelism story ready here because I think knowing God's work in our own life is a far more powerful testimony of God's love than any kind of thing that we can memorize. Because we're speaking from our own experience. And I think people recognize that and they crave that genuineness. And when we can speak the truth of our own story, that stuff is far more powerful than any kind of evangelism method, right? So that requires effort on our part, right? It requires focused, intentional reflection. And I think what we're going to be doing, as Chase moved to the next one, um, through some of the things I'm going to show you today, even though we don't um, you're going to need to do some homework. And I have this giant stack of paper here to help you do your homework. Um, and it's just a, a, a way for you to be able to start reflecting, to spend some time. And I'm gonna suggest that you spend an hour this week working on this. Um, you might spend more than that. And I think that would be time well spent. But that is my great encouragement to you is to really dig in and to reflect because you're gonna have about five minutes to do that here today. That's not enough. <laughs> if you haven't done that work already, that's certainly not enough time at all. Um, I think what's really neat about the idea of story is, you know, you think about the movies, right? You know, a really compelling movie or television show has well fleshed out characters. They're not just these flat, like they call archetypes, where you sort of can expect them to do certain things. Well, no, they've got They've got a past and they've got things that they reveal about these characters over time that gives them flesh and bone. So they're three-dimensional characters. And a lot of the times, the things that make us interested in watching those movies and shows is the conflicts or the challenges that the characters are walking through. It could be relational challenges, it could be situational challenges, but how do they deal with those things and then come out on the other side? There is a, I don't know if some of you are familiar with Joseph Campbell. Um, he's a guy, his title is mythologist. Like, who grows up and says, I'm going to be a mythologist? mythologist. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. But he wrote this very large book um, that's super famous, and it's, a, it's called the, About the Hero's Journey. And so he actually broke down a um, story, like, traditional stories, ancient stories, modern stories, into these kind of 12 steps in this whole process. And uh, George Lucas, the guy who wrote Star Wars, uh, was a big fan of Joseph Campbell, and he was actually kind of a student of him. And so the Star Wars saga is written exactly based on that 12-step 
thing. And it is such a compelling narrative. I mean, it is an enduring story that generations have enjoyed, right? And it will probably continue to enjoy because of that compelling story. And so I'm not telling you to be like, all right, we got to get out Joseph Campbell's 12 steps and figure out how our life aligns to that. But I think if we start to see the movement and the challenges that we've experienced and then be able to utilize those as a method of ministry and a method of growth and a way for us to be able to take the lemons and make lemonade and to be able to truly rejoice about the joys and the, the, the victories that we experience, I think it makes our lives more powerful more useful, more activated for expanding the kingdom of God. And that's why I think it's important that we do this series. It's because, like, I want to help you all be equipped to be activated for the kingdom of God. And this is a good starting point to be able to know yourself, know your story, know how God has worked in your life, and to be able to go out there and to really feel like you can share that in a way that's powerful, no matter what your stories look like. Okay, so in this next part, I'm kind of leaning super heavily <laughs> on a, a resource that the Blue Like Jazz author, Donald Miller, put out several years ago called Creating Your Life Plan. Um, he, he had this whole little side project that he called Storyline that was right about this type of thing, about being able to discover your own story. So some of the resources that I'm handing to you, I'm copying out of the PDF guide <laughs> that I have access to from that. Um, and things that you're gonna be working on for homework are related to that. So I will start handing out pieces of paper now. Okay, so I gave you three pages of the, this slide and then the next two slides. Our copy machine does funky things when you do two-sided. It's like regular, and then you have to go like this. I don't know why it did that, but here we go. We'll put half this way. There should be more than enough copies. I'll walk right. Oh, thank you. Okay. So what I'm going to hand you is this, which are more like the instructions, and then we've got workbook pages, essentially. And the first one is this one called Life Turns. And so essentially it's general ma generally major life events. So what are some things that have happened in your life that have been significant to you? So they can be things like the death of a parent, abuse, rejection in a relationship, academic failure, job loss, addiction. Those would be negative ones. And so once I hand this to you, Chase, can you hand her hand those out? They've got like a little number line on there. So write down whatever that life turn is, and then you kind of make a designation about whether it, how negative was it, or how positive was it? Because you know, positive things, getting married, having a baby, graduating from an educational institution, having a successful audition, getting a job you love, you know, traveling to an interesting place. Those, those, that is just me was coming up with a list. <laughs> but it can be so many different things. So number one is spend time reflecting on the major events in your life. List all the major story turns, okay? I'm not talking about things like going to that new restaurant down the street that you like. That's not a major life 
change. But sometimes it is things like you have a, a friendship that was very pivotal in your life and your development in some way that ends for some reason. That's a major life turn, okay? So can you see why this takes time to kind of process through? Because you're gonna have to sit down and start like writing. You might not wanna put it on the life term page at first. You could, you know, just start just listing stuff out. Um, and if you want, we have extra copies of those things. And I can send them to you too. You guys are being ridiculous over there. I don't know what's going on. So, and then what, what, it, what it's talking about is creating a title for each turn and briefly describing it, and so then choosing how positive or negative it was on that little number line, and that's gonna be important for the next piece of paper that we hand out. So spend like two minutes maybe jotting, jotting down some on the back of your life term page, things that you might think you would consider and maybe think about some more when you do some homework this week. questions about this right now? I mean, clearly you need substantially more than like two minutes to work on it. Castiel? All right. So once you feel like you've kind of got this whole idea of life turns down or you've got like a good list, the next step is going to be creating a visual timeline. So I have this. But you're not gonna start this step at all until you've got your life turns listed. So, I'll steal one and then. So what it has is a, a like, essentially looks like, you know, a nine with an arrow, really fancy stuff right here. Um, and then going up this way, it's positive turns and negative turns. And so once you've really worked on figuring out your life turns and given them a score, essentially, you'll make, a line, so say you've got a positive turn that's, that rates at a five. So you'd make a line up and then write a very short little title for it because you don't have a lot of time. Because this is like your whole life on a, a line. Judy might need more than one page. <laughs> so she has space. It could be either. <laughs> Either one, either one. So, yeah, that that's what you're gonna do. You're just this just helps the visual thinkers among us kind of see the ebb and the flow of your life a little bit more clearly. So definitely grab one of those. Um, and again, you can have more than one if you feel like you need more than one. Because if you mess it up, I would suggest doing it in pencil first go. I mean, this is not like. This is a working document. Let's just put it that way. You know, your life isn't over. That's why there's a big arrow at the end. And so this is something that you can revisit over time. You can, it, and you should do that as you continue to reflect on your life. It's not like you do this process once and you're like, all right, I've got my testimony down. I know what my story is, period. No, it continues. It, we grow, we continue to grow. So that's our, the timeline. <laughs> so that we can help resource each other in encouraging one another, whether they are inside of our body here or they're outside of our body. Um, 
because that's part of what it means to be in fellowship with each other too. Okay, so the last piece of our homework is digging deeper in our negative turns. Um, so, you know, it, it does feel, it feels a little negative to focus on the negative, right? <laughs> but, you know, if we're really honest with each other, it's those challenges, the difficulties, the thorn in our side is the way that Paul put it, that are the things that often drive us to change or to alter our direction or our path in life. Um, and so the last, the last handout I'm gonna give you is just negative turn. You're gonna kind of title it. You can steal the whatever description or title that you gave it on your life turns thing. But then work on figuring out where was God in all of that? What is in a redemptive perspective to that negative thing that happened in your life? What, what can you say now being able to step back from the situation a bit? What did you learn? How did you grow? How did you not grow? How did you get stuck? You know, where, where are some things that you can see how God is working? What kind of deeper dimension can you give those challenges? Um, so here, have some of those. Like I said, you can have more copies if you like. Um, so how is God present for you in that time? How do you feel? How did you feel about God then, and how do you see God in it now? Because a lot of times when bad stuff happens to you, we do the fish shaking at God, right? But then sometimes when we are able to step back for the moment, it was like, okay, if that had happened the way I wanted it to, my life would look entirely different than it does now. So um, I think. I've definitely had those experiences, for sure. Yeah. Well, Mom would get upset about something. She always reached and said, Dear God, help me, you know, and she did that. And just like whenever I was a teenager, my mom prayed for me a long time ago. They were going to go out right with me and said, You're supposed to let your kids go and leave the way. And she prayed for me, and that's why I saw a lot of things happen the way they did. Right, and I think that would be one of your positive life turns, is that you had a mom in your life that prayed for you because um, that's that's a big thing is the support that we receive from others those can be positive life experiences for sure so now that I've given you all of the trees <laughs> and unfortunately we don't have any more time to spend in this space but my expectation of you is that you will be prayerful about this this week that you will be intentional about digging into your story because we're going to start workshop and telling our story next week and we're going to get into some small groups and practice and so you need to be prepared to do that. I'm not going to drag you up in front to do that. Judy's voluntarily dragging herself up in front and doing that two weeks from today but um, be prepared. Eric is first and then Steve. Uh, one thing I, I would say about this I recently did something very similar uh, called a story map, a story timeline, and a story timeline is very linear, like this happened, so this happened, and this happened, and you know, it's got to get EKG or something, but with a story map for me, it helped kind of break out of that linear thinking, um, and 
help you understand my story a little bit better because you know life turns can take you a number of directions that aren't necessarily a linear path. I, I don't know how to. Do you? Is it like it. a mind mapping thing? Graphical kind of representation? Uh, I did not put it on any kind of graphic representation. Okay. But it, it's more like there are strings to your story that are happening simultaneously. I was thinking like yeah. some yeah. parts of my life I might have to have something on the top right. and the bottom like simultaneously yes. happening. For right. sure. Like I, I could I definitely have had that too. Um, and I like the idea of the mind mapping. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but you kind of take like it comes from a center part and you might write since it's about your story you might write my life or my story and then you put little lines out from it and you would still get all these negative and positive things but they would some of them might branch from each other um and i think i'll, I'll put i'll find a good mind mapping resource for everyone and put it on the facebook um to see if if that if that jibes a little bit better than the linear timeline thing yeah judy one of the things that this started, this process started a few weeks ago for me. And each week I find I'm going farther in to, to my story. Mm -hmm. uh, so be prepared that you're going to feel a lot of emotion. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to bring up stuff that you haven't really thought about in years. Feel not so good. Yeah. You know? But let yourself feel it as you go through. I think that's a real important process in, in doing this, is to allow yourself to feel what's ever going on at that time. And prayerful, I have, as I've found myself thinking about my story, and I know I'm headed into a uncomfortable place, I ask God, walk here with me mm -hmm. and and show me the way yeah and that's not failing every time I do that anytime that I try to go there by myself it's like I feel blocked mm -hmm. but when I ask God to go with me and show me the way it's so much smoother and uh, so you know take the time to right. for yourself because this this is a an emotional walk yeah and I think in that it may be important to journal mm -hmm. yeah. so it's not just writing your little description mm -hmm. like if there's a, a place where you're like wow that really was a big deal and you're feeling a lot of emotions about it explore them a bit write it out one of the biggies that I found that, that I will be sharing this time that I haven't shared before because now through doing this process I know how important it is was before I was ever born. Things mm -hmm. were being put into place that were going to affect a major part of my life. Right. And, and so that, that's a biggie. Yeah that, that uh, when I did my story a few years ago, I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I hadn't processed all of that. 
So, you know, don't don't be surprised if something like that happens. Yeah. And that's, that's really great insight, Judy. And I appreciate that you were able to give your longer version of your story a couple years ago and then have had that time to, to know that that arrow continues, but also your insight does go deeper when you spend more time with it. Steve, I knew you had a question a while back. Do you still have your question? Uh, yeah. Uh, one is, you still looking for volunteers over the next four weeks to share? Well, we have one for the week after, Judy, is Steve Ritchie. Um, but I don't know if he's gonna take the entire time or not. And so maybe you can, if you were wanting to do yours too, is that what you were asking? Okay, okay. I don't know if this is like, you know, prepping us for- Well, I think, I mean, this is just sticking your toe in the water and I know that and it's, it's a long process. Um, but so some of what you're going to be doing with your homework this week is preparing to be in your small group with a couple other people and sharing your story briefly, like doing a five to ten minute kind of synopsis. Because you can do your story in five or ten minutes, or you can do it in like four hours, like Shirley was saying. Yeah. And then the other thing I was wondering is, on the negative terms, the redemptive perspective, I imagine well, all of us, and probably Judy especially, can say that some of those things probably, some of them can take time. And so some of those things you may not have experienced a redemptive perspective yet. And then if that's the case, is there anything you recommend we do for those? I think being honest about that and not kind of giving the Sunday school answer is most important. I think truthfulness and honesty in this process is the most important thing. And sometimes even coming back and looking at those negative places in our lives that maybe we haven't felt a redemptive perspective yet may be the beginning of us trying, like locating one or experiencing one in a new way. So Steve, there's not an exact answer to that question. <laughs> and I know as an engineer, that's like, what? There's no solution to this problem? But sometimes it's a let it be as it is and continue the work. Continue to explore and to seek, seek discernment from the spirit for that re redemptive perspective. Just really super fast. I have to say that kind of based on what you're saying about, you know, what if there's experience that we're having, we haven't seen that other end yet. And I remember about two years ago, I think, and I remember talking with, with Judy, and I subsequently talked to my mom, and and we were, we, as Judy and I were talking, and I was saying something about this, she's, I realized that I was under the false impression that if I did this, 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 that X outcome would absolutely be the case, it, you know, involving somebody else. But, so I kept thinking, I was kind of depressed, and was thinking like, I must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm asking for accountability. Tell me what I'm doing. What do I, you know? And I said nothing. I said, "What do you mean?" But you know, he's like, "No, just keep going. You're not supposed to do it because of an outcome. You're supposed to do it because this is the right thing. Right. And that is that's enough. So just keep going. And I remember it hit me, and I said, "If I do this again, which I probably will." 
and you know, and I'm asking you, and I'm worried, and I'm upset again. Will you tell me that? Will you just say, just keep going? Mm -hmm. That is your answer, you know. And so I actually wrote her on a piece of paper and stuck it up in my entertainment center across from the hospital bed in the living room. So every once in a while, I just see that little bitty piece of paper that says, just keep going. It's like, it's right. It's right. Just calm down. So anyway, I just thought it was kind yeah. of good for And I think that's the important piece. You know, we've heard that adage, it's not, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not the, the answers that we come to in our questions about how God has moved in our lives, but really the process of being awakened to God's movement in our life that is really the most important piece. Yeah, so the dichotomy of negative turns and positive turns, I think is one, one way to look at the experiences of your life. But you might also think of terms of something like things you had control over and things you did not have control over in your life. Mm -hmm. you know, there's just different ways of looking at your experience. So consider those sorts of things also. Okay. So I think we need to come to the table today. Even though we haven't spent a ton of time on scripture, I think that God wants us to know how God has moved in our lives. And one of the ways that God has moved in our lives is through this table. You know, Jesus was present with the disciples. He was a part of their story. A lot of a lot of them, he interrupted their story, right? You know, they were fishermen and tax collectors, just guys doing stuff, right? They were living their lives. <laughs> and then there's this Jesus guy that said, drop what you're doing and come follow me, right? It's a call. And so in our story, Jesus intersects. So sometimes we're doing our thing, right? And Jesus is saying, drop what you're doing and come follow me. And so as we come to the table today to experience his body that was given for us and the blood that was shed for us, we remember his coming and saying, drop what you're doing and come follow me. And so as you study your story this week and you prayerfully consider how God has entered your life, remember that he asks you to come follow him. So come to the table and receive this gift of life, no matter whatever circumstance you're in right now, because he calls you to come follow me.